0: Your girl, Miss Angie, exclusive broadcasting live each week, Tuesday, 7 p.m. from Fishbowl Studio. Log on to her hashtag diabetes squad up. Be sure to tune in each week, Tuesday, 7 p.m. exclusive with your girl, Miss Angie. On Fishbowl Radio Network, jump in. what's up world it's official it's about to go down y'all not gonna believe who i'm in the building with at fishbowl studio right here in person if y'all don't know anything or anybody i got one of the biggest doctors in the country in the building right now dr michael pooku go on and say something to the world how's
1: everybody doing
0: Man, listen. When I tell y'all this right here is my primary physician, we love Dr. Michael Puku because he is that guy. So he's getting ready to tell y'all how long he's been in practice, where he located at, and then we just gonna dive in.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm here representing Oak Street Health, um, and we are a primary care focus organization, particularly focused on folks with Medicare insurance, Medicare, Medicare Advantage. Uh, and senior focus, and we have a very interesting and, and somewhat novel model in that uh, you know, we've sort of really flipped the script as it relates to, to medicine and primary care uh, to where we work with patients uh, and provide more time, uh, more touch points, and we really focus on keeping patients healthy and out of the hospital, focusing on the goals. Uh, that patients and families want to achieve, and helping them on that journey. Um, so our model is really focusing on going deep with patients, and again, keeping folks very um, healthy and happy, um, and out of the emergency department, out of the out of the hospital.
0: Because you're good at that department. You like, you are amazing. Doctor. I call him Dr. P sometimes, but this is Dr. <laughs> Dr. Puku. Um, he's an extraordinary doctor. I'm talking about, uh, because I go see him for diabetes, because, you know, that's what my issues are always is about. Diabetes is what I campaign for. So, but... When, when people come to Oak Street, like, what is one of the main things they should expect from Oak Street?
1: Yeah, just a different experience than, you, than you've typically seen at, a, at your, your everyday primary care office, um, right? At most primary care offices, they have what's called a fee-for-service model, which means that primary care provider in that clinic um, gets paid every time they see a patient. So the economic incentive, um, naturally, is to see as many patients as possible. Where our model is different, where we take on risk, and we go to the insurance companies in um, CMS and say, no, 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 we don't want to get paid per visit, because that just uh, you know, pushes us to see 30, 40, 50, 60 patients, and just see more and more patients. We say, no, no, no let, we want to make sure that we can keep folks like Angie and others out of the hospital. So give us a lump sum and let us figure out how best to utilize that investment to keep people healthy and well. Um, So again, that means more time, more time and attention, more team members. So we've got a big multidisciplinary care team, uh, nurses, behavioral health support, social work, and it really is designed holistically in in what we call a biopsychosocial way to figure out how do we really help promote health Um, because nobody wants to be sick, nobody wants to be in the hospital, and we're incentivized to do that. So it's not a, you know, you're not being pushed when you come into an Oak Street um, center, or clinic, um, to say, hey, you you know, in a typical 15-minute visit, if you look at the studies and the research, you get about eight to nine minutes with a a provider. Uh, With us, we spend more time and attention, you see us more frequently, Uh, we've got a 24-7 call line that you can call us if you need help, um, because, again, we're aligned with the patients and families to keep people healthy.
0: Now, even with that being said, because you got some awesome staff over at Oak Street. Now, when I speak of Oak Street, I'm talking about the one on South Cooper located in Orlington. Yeah. Um, because you guys are newly developed there. Like, I was there when they first opened the doors. So, uh, but when I say you're my number one, you're my number one. Then, I mean, be so your other staff, because I, I want to send some shouts out, or you can, you know, on your other nurse practitioners, yeah. you know, the front desk, because they all important. Because what I have learned about Oak Street, this is not a rush process. I have been able to sit in a room with you and express myself through tears, like... This is what bothers me, and you guys cover everything. Yeah. Like, it's no one particular thing. It's, for me, it's whatever the need is. Let's get the need done and worked out. So let's send uh, some love to, to a lot of the staff.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's a huge, huge team-based effort, right? Nobody can do this alone, um, and, and Oak Street's no different. So the staff, all the way from the, the providers, nurse practitioners and physicians, uh, to the nurses, to the uh, the medical assistants. Um, again, social work and everybody in between, and we also have outreach folks. Um, it's just a huge, huge team that makes Oak Street move, and um, and, and it promotes health, um, and it really helps us to achieve our aims. Which um, again, is just to keep patients healthy.
0: That part. Now, now I come see you for diabetes because diabetes is uh, like it's the topic. So one of my questions is, where do diabetes come from? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so there's different forms of diabetes. Um, uh, You know, the most common form in the United States is type 2 diabetes, which is really a form of what we call insulin-resistant diabetes, which is essentially, um, it really is a a medical condition that is largely dictated by lifestyle, right? So what happens is, uh, as a population in the United States, we've um, taken a liking to Uh, fried foods to processed foods to carbohydrates and other things Uh, we're more sedentary so we're not moving around as much and getting the 150 minutes of exercise uh, a week that's that's recommended by folks like the American Heart Association, American College of Cardiology Um, and all of that combined really impacts our cells particularly our fat cells and other things Um, And it makes us, it makes it harder for us to process sugar in our blood. Uh, And we're not able to process sugar. What happens is that sugar has to go places. So it goes into all the different areas in our bodies. Um, And when diabetes, uh, poorly controlled diabetes, um, goes into the kidneys, it causes kidney disease. And uh, it's a very common cause of dialysis. Um, And diabetes, when it impacts the the, the heart, it can cause heart attacks, unfortunately. Um, And it can go to the legs and it can cause ulcers and uh, peripheral artery disease and other things. So um, it really is a lifestyle condition and it's now something that, you know, we've got really, really great interventions um, to help folks manage diabetes and to live with diabetes. Um, and we've even been at the we're at the point now where you can achieve a state called diabetes reversal, um, to where if you are dieting and exercise, and if you are on the right medication, and you are losing weight, and um, in, and in, in doing everything right, you can actually uh, reverse the state of diabetes, um, and sort of be somebody be somebody who's no longer living with diabetes.
0: So does it apply for both types, type 1 and type 2, or is it more common in type 2 versus versus type 1?
1: Yeah, so reversal is uh, for type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is a bit different because it's, um, it's genetically mediated and it's more of an autoimmune uh, phenomenon where your body isn't producing insulin. So for type 1 diabetes, anyone living with type 1 diabetes must be on insulin. Uh, that is not the case for type 2 diabetes. For people with type 2 diabetes may need to be on insulin, but they don't necessarily have to be. They may end up on insulin just to really control the blood sugar, um, but that's one of the main differences between type 1 and type 2 diabetes.
0: I, I tell anybody, uh, if you were type 2, everybody should be winning because it, I say for it requires three things. Mm. A good doctor a good eating plan, and yeah. good exercises. Absolutely. Will, will, will that cover the three?
1: That, that, that covers it, right? Because a good doctor, a good provider will really help you with some of the more novel therapies, particularly there's things like GLP-1s and, and newer drugs that have just been approved to really help promote weight loss and really help get that A1C, which is that three-month measure of, of blood sugar, down to um, uh, an acceptable range. Um, and then a good eating plan, good lifestyle, good exercise, right? That's that's very key too, because a lot of folks you lose five to ten percent of your body weight, and again, you've done tremendous things as far as your diabetes management and control goes. Um, and yeah, so I, I definitely agree. There's, but it requires a certain degree of of discipline and knowledge and awareness um, in order to effectively manage diabetes. And I think it starts. Um, with making sure you have a good relationship with your provider.
0: Yeah, cause I love you, Doctor P. You one of the best. <laughs> now, listen, when we talk about A1Cs, the A1Cs are important because it is every three months. So, uh, from a six to a six point nine, that is excellent, right? That's that's a good A1C.
1: It is, yeah.
0: Now, if you, if your A1C is over a ten, we say that's uncontrollable or that's a very poor um poor regiment for a1c so for me i'm a 15. i just found out when i saw y'all i'm a 15. so but i have never had a, a low a1c before since i've been a diabetic yeah so with that like what else do i need to be doing uh i got one of the best doctors there he is uh I love green vegetables. Um I don't I, I don't even like meat as much anymore. Mm. Like I eat more seafood than I will uh chicken or uh anything like that. Um what else do I need to do?
1: Yeah, so a couple things, but you're absolutely right. T- typically for A one C's that are above nine or ten or so, uh we sort of refer to that as poorly controlled. And what that essentially means is that the higher your A one C is the larger or the greater your risk is, is of all the bad things that diabetes does, right? That heart attacks, strokes, um, um, issues with your kidneys, and um, issues with your legs as far as the blood vessels go. So we try to get the A1C down to as close to that under under seven, under eight range, knowing that. Um, the big caveat to that is that if your A1C goes too low, and particularly if you're having low sugars, mm-hmm. low sugars in and of themselves, particularly sugars less than 70, tend to be even worse than higher sugars because low sugars can cause lots of bad issues. But as far as your question goes in terms of the control piece and getting your A1C down, it's just the things that we mentioned. It's, uh, it's, it's getting on the right medication regimen. Um, and then it's making sure that you're making a lifestyle changes. So you mentioned a big, big, big one, which is fruits and vegetables. So increasing the portion of your fruits and vegetables, decreasing your portion of your carbohydrates, particularly things like white breads, sodas, pastas, and things of that nature. Um, and then exercise. Um, so increasing the amount of moderate intensity exercise, things like walking, biking, anything that you can do to stay active and fit. Um, that will all sort of work together in a, in a synergistic way to lower your A1C down to a more manageable range.
0: Now, I have had, uh, I'm going to say arguments. I'm not even going to say a disagreement because when we talk about high sugar, low sugar, I say low sugar is worse than high sugar because uh, anything under 70, you pretty much dead, as they say, and anything over 700, you go into a diabetic coma like is them true facts or false facts. Yeah,
1: so certainly that we err on the side of avoiding low sugars at all costs, right? We avoid those sugars particularly to your point less than 70 because we know that those the way I sort of tell people, I think we you know I've talked about this is that low sugars can kill you instantly,
0: right? Instantly.
1: High sugars typically kill you over time through heart attacks, strokes, and those things that we mentioned before. So we try to avoid, particularly in, in the senior population, those low sugars that could kill you instantly. Um, so if, it, if you were to decide, right, particularly somebody with so-called brittle diabetes or, or labile blood sugars, that we actually err on the side of keeping folks higher versus lower if we have to make that, make that decision. Um, because again, the low sugars are more dangerous in the short term versus the, the high sugars because we know we have, we can avoid the low sugars over time, work on getting those high sugars down to a more acceptable range um uh over the 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 months and weeks and years Gotcha
0: now, I do got another question when we talk about diabetes um I say stress plays a part of my diabetes. I can speak yeah, yeah. for me sure. um. Because stress does affect um, people when they have diabetes. You absolutely.
1: Know? absolutely. No. stress is, is definitely it's been shown in, uh, in a number of studies that you know you have high stress levels, uh, it does a whole bunch of stuff to your bodies to be living in a stressful state, right? Uh, one of those things is increasing cortisol levels in your blood, uh, which can in and of itself sort of in, increase your sugar levels. So stress has a big, big role. Um, in diabetes for sure because particularly if you're stressed you may not be doing all the things that you need to be doing from a Lifestyle perspective right Right. in terms of eating right getting the exercise and um, in in making sure you're doing those things So I I think it's a great insight that stress is a part of health and a part of wellness that we need to also manage in addition to Are you on the right medications? Are you doing the lifestyle? Are you doing the, the, the the diet?
0: Wow Now I got another question uh, diabetes affect every organ in the body. Yeah. Now, our kidney and liver are, I say, are like the main two. Um, cause if diabetes affect your kidney, we, it, it becomes kidney failure. It yep. becomes dialysis. Yeah. It becomes those things. Um, and when it becomes about the liver, like how does that work? How does diabetes really affect the liver? Um... And the kidney
1: yeah yeah, so the the main sort of major effect um, of those two is really the kidney side to your point, right, because high blood pressure and diabetes are the number um, uh, are, are the two most common causes of end stage renal disease, so called um, uh, kidney failure, requiring dialysis. so if you see somebody on dialysis um, the you know the main reasons for that person being on dialysis are high blood pressure and or diabetes. So, and that's because the blood, or the sugar in the blood, remember if, you're, if your body can't process the sugar, it goes and it messes with the filtering system of the kidneys. And that over time decreases the ability of your kidneys to filter out waste um, and to manage your fluid levels or two in princip- principal and vital uh, functions of the kidneys. Um, so that is a one of the main reasons why we really, on a regular basis, we look for people living with diabetes, we look at how their kidney function is doing uh, based off of serum, based off of some urine studies, um, and then we really try to manage that over time. Uh, on the liver side, it's a little bit different. I mean, one of the main things that we're seeing now is that, you know, folks with diabetes tend to also be living with obesity and a whole bunch of other things that we sort of call um, together metabolic syndrome. In one entity that we're seeing very, very commonly is something called fatty liver disease, uh, which is essentially you're getting fat deposits into your liver, and what we're, what we're increasingly seeing in the United States is that is resulting in folks having actual liver failure, cirrhosis, um, on the basis of having these fatty deposits in the liver. Um, And we've seen that, you know, managing diabetes, getting the weight down and doing all these things that we talked about uh, can help prevent um, somebody from developing fatty liver disease and ended up getting uh, end stage liver disease, liver failure, cirrhosis.
0: And, again, this is Dr. Michael Puku. This is my primary physician, one of the best in the country. You all need a good doctor. I'm telling you, you're looking at him. (laughs) He is amazing. Now, I do have another question. When you get to come to Oak Street um, and you get to get these amazing um, physicians, um, what should people look for when they're looking for a good doctor?
1: Yeah, yeah, so when you you're looking for a, a good primary care provider, and, and as you know right it's, it's it's physicians, but it's also increasingly nurse practitioners and physicians' assistants as well who are taking on that mantle as a primary care provider, it really is about finding somebody that you can connect with in finding that person, him or her, in um, making sure that you know, you you feel comfortable sharing uh, because your primary care provider is only going to be as good as your ability and your comfort level to share uh, more intimate details. And um, I I think it's funny, I was talking to someone the other day that um, he was telling me as a fellow physician that his mother often goes to to her primary care provider and she won't necessarily be honest about what she's been doing since the last time that she saw the primary care provider. But that's not really what you want, right? And that's not really what the primary care team wants either. We actually want to know what you're experiencing, what you're struggling with, what we can help with, are there goals that you have? How can we sort of help you on your journey? Because we know that behavior change is hard and, and, you know, changing your diet and your lifestyle and taking all your medications on time and Um, uh, identifying a side effect of a medication and speaking up about that all this is really really challenging so finding and identifying a primary care provider and the broader team that you're really going to feel comfortable with to have those um, more intimate conversations I think is a critical component.
0: Yeah, 'cause I get to call Dr. P. I call him sometimes after hours and say, Doctor P, this ain't a good day. Now, even with that, because uh, I know I can be a handful, but I liked you since I since I've been with you. You are um uh, a a doctor, a physician that uh say I'm available when you need me. Um 'Cause I I go through my own struggles with uh, with diabetes. Some days yeah. I come to you in tears 'cause I I'm just trying to make sense of it. But even even with that people that struggle with diabetes, because I just believe if you don't uh if you don't have diabetes, I don't believe you understand me. Uh because diabetes it makes me feel. Yeah. It uh it gives me mood swings um it makes me cry it makes me laugh um and what what i tell people when people find out that they have diabetes depression kicks in automatically because your life has to change automatically Mm -hmm. there is no you don't have time to get a pen and paper to write down anything this has to go in effect automatically the way you eat Um, you're exercising, and it just doesn't affect you. It even affects your whole entire family, your friends. So how do you, being a physician, and being my primary uh, doctor, how do you explain it to people that don't have diabetes or don't understand people like me?
1: Yeah, I mean, I explain it as a, it really is, um, it's a chronic condition, right? I, I mean, I think it's, but it's a chronic condition that, uh, that you can live with, right? And that you can manage. And that, again, in certain instances, depending on your type of diabetes, that you can, have, you can achieve reversal. Um, so uh, moving away, the, the broader medical community has really moved away from the term uh, calling someone a diabetic, right? You are not a diabetic. You are a person living with diabetes. So really <laughs> focusing on that, that, that. You are still a person. This is just something that you are experiencing and something that's manageable um, over time. And really contextualizing things that way, I think is incredibly important because, you know, no, that patient's not a diabetic. No, that's not, you know, this, that, this, this is what the experience is. And let's help figure out and meet people where they are and work with them from there. Because people have all sorts of different levels of readiness. Uh, in different levels of the ability to to enact real change um, and I think it's incredibly important to meet folks where they are and guide them on the journey from there.
0: That part. Now Dr. P I know I can be a handful when I come see you sometimes. Are you in the Grants? I'm in the Grants. <laughs> I, I can be a handful sometimes when I when I come see uh, Dr. P. Um, because when even about medicine, we we talk about medicine, uh, Metformin being one, Jordian being another, Novolog, Triceba, like the list of medicines is yeah. long. Um, when people come see you, because I'm still new to diabetes, I'm only two years in, yeah. so for me it's still new, so I'm still feeling a lot of different things because. I haven't gotten it under control and my I always say my sugar is still uh uh is still uncontrollable for me. It's not that I'm not eating, it's not that I'm not uh exercising. Uh even with a lot of the medicines, there are so many different uh side effects. Yeah. you know, to a lot of this medicine. So When people come in and say, well, I've been on this, uh, I'm going to just say Matt Foreman. I've been on Matt Foreman. Matt Foreman is not working for me. I mean, at what point do you say, um, okay, we got to go back. Now we're going to rethink it because we get to change this plan at any given time when it's not not working, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's, and this is the critical piece about really finding a a primary care provider whom you can trust and really, talk to in a real way because I think there's always, there always needs to be sort of listening uh, on our side, on the primary care side, and really listening to the patient um, because, right, patients know their bodies. We all know our, our bodies better than anybody else. Um, and, you know, primary care providers, we may know the literature and we know, um, you know, the science, but you as a patient um, is really going to know what's happening to your body. So really being open and honest about what the side effect profile is or the medications, what, the, what impact we expect the medications to have um, and where the other pieces sort of play in as far as the lifestyle, the diet, the exercise and those things is, is important. Um, so for me, it's, it's making sure that you as a patient, if you're living with diabetes, that you're listening to your body. Um, and that you're trying to understand if you are having a side effect and making sure that you're talking to your care team um, about all those things. And making sure you're revisiting the plan. Because we may set a plan, and just to your, your, your great point, that plan may need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't wait three, six, nine months if the plan's not working to try to push for change. Um, so I think for patients, um, you know, we all need to, to advocate for ourselves. And this is great for, for folks who have family and loved ones who are able to advocate on their behalf. But we need to be advocates for ourselves because we all want to be healthy. Um, and this is, the, you know, one of the great things, I think, about being at a place like Oak Street because we have that time, we have the resources, we have the team members who are willing to listen, who want to listen, and who really want to make those changes um, to really make sure that Patients and families are at their happiest and healthiest.
0: Now, how many locations do you all have in the DFW area?
1: Yeah, so we've got a, a bunch of locations in the DFW area. Depending on where you live, we're almost at about we're about 10 to 15 now. And as a, a broader organization, uh, almost 140, 150 clinics across the United States and, and growing. Um, so we're always growing. We 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 think there's a lot of folks uh, out there who who need really thoughtful and dedicated models like this, and we think that there's a um, a real opportunity to do a lot of good um, for folks who are needing really intensive um, primary care services.
0: Now, Mr. Davis couldn't be here, but I do know when Crandon, uh, his job, Crandon's job, he goes to a lot of communities yeah. to find those people that do not have um uh, um uh, doctor physician or are they looking for someone yeah. so oak street health uh you guys are really big not just in the dfw cuz you guys are located across the world like you said but i know even in chicago you guys are really growing uh in in chicago illinois so what other states are you guys
1: yeah, so we're in a bunch of states now. We're we're almost in um we're almost covering half the states uh, in the in the United States now. So we're at uh 22 states at this point, just entering Colorado. Um so in all likelihood we're we're in your state or if we're not in your state yet, we're we're c- coming uh to a to a city or a town near you. Um, and again, I, I just think it's it's just part of the, the demand that we're seeing in this model because I think a lot of us have been to the, the traditional sort of fee-for-service uh, primary care um, clinic, and it just, in a lot of ways, is not what we expect mm-hmm. um, uh, of, of that particular environment. So we just have a new way of doing things, um, um, and I think it's one that... Um, a lot of people have taken a liking to um, both in terms of um, you know we've got great a great set of teammates who work in, in, in all of our clinics and all of our centers and then patients and families also really really enjoy the model that we've developed here
0: now you guys even offer transportation because a lot of people when you go to a lot of these doctors and you go see your uh, physician you guys offer so much uh I'm talking about even in nutrition uh transportation and then the the twenty four hours I think yeah. that that is so important because there's a twenty four hour hotline that you can call at any given time absolutely uh I just think that's amazing because I don't know uh any other uh doctor's office that's offering as much as Oak Street Health at this point, yeah. So and,
1: it, and it's all designed, right it, It's just part of the model that we've constructed it's It's designed to make sure that we're keeping patients and families healthy and happy and and, and we, we have set up the model such so that we can invest in a lot of those resources and we know that that's what's best for patients and, and that patients you know have behavioral health needs, and that patients do want to talk about nutrition and and do want to talk about all these different things and have and be supported in this area, and we just have a model that we're able to invest in that because we know that that's what's going to be best for patients over time
0: you're amazing now, I do know you guys are participating with hashtag diabetes squad up the walk this year Absolutely. uh which is august the twenty seventh uh, I am so glad this is my primary physician. I went to him and said, "Hey, this is what I want to do." Uh, and they have been supported from day one, a one. Cause Doctor, listen, Doctor P position, cause your position has changed uh, in Oak Street. Well, you are you gonna start doing some traveling? Like, do I have to call you? Like, are you <laughs> no. on the road? Like, no, no. Like
1: I said, I mean, it's it's uh, it's all in in support of growth of the model and things like that. So. Uh, for your listeners, just if you're not already in Oak Street, look us up and, and, and find one near you and just try it out. Like Again, you, there's one thing to take my word for it, but we also have a, a very interesting model, again, focused on folks with... With, with Medicare and Medicare Advantage Insurance, where you can just try out the model and see if you like the team, see if you like the, 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 the we don't even call it clinics, we call it centers, right? It's because nice. it's much more than a, a, a clinic in and of itself. We've got activity rooms and all, all, all sorts of other things. And just really check it out, see how you like it, see how your family likes it. And it just most people who, who try it are, are hard-pressed to, to, to go back to the traditional model
0: you you are such an amazing uh physician that's all i can say you're such an amazing po- uh position, physician yeah. position, position <laughs> this my this my this my primary mm-hmm. right here y'all so let me ask another question um when you get people to come into oak street mm-hmm. um everybody come in with a lot of different things yeah, uh man. i always say coming to the center or when you come see a uh, a physician it's like um uh, like a hospital because you cover everything yeah. at one yeah. time now when we talk about uh diabetes i i sugars on the brain so it it, it operates a little bit different Uh, because there are some people that struggle with mental health when they become a diabetic do you see a lot of that
1: yeah absolutely I mean the 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 overlap between you know things like depression anxiety with a whole host of chronic conditions uh, is pretty striking Um, and it's one where we know that the literature demonstrates that if you for instance are and you you referred to this before, if you're a person living with diabetes and you also have something like depression or anxiety, um, your outcomes, all things being considered, you tend to have higher costs, higher utilizations, more likely to go to the hospital, emergency department. So it's just so vitally important that you take care of the whole person, right? And that that doesn't just mean we're just going to manage the diabetes, and I know what the books say about how to manage diabetes, so here are your medications. It's you know, we're tr- managing the diabetes, but we also have to manage any sort of mental health, mood disorders, depression, anxiety, because the two are interrelated. Um, and I think that is a something that the medical community has really, really understood over the last several years. And obviously the pandemic has really heightened our awareness of that as a, as a population, as a medical and scientific community. Um, so, there are things like collaborative care models um, that, that Oak Street has incorporated and that others are incorporating, but it's just, again, this idea of treating the patient as a whole, and that's bio-cycle and, and the social effects. So, unmet social needs, if somebody is, has you know financial insecurity, uh, food insecurity, You've got to address that and we've got we've got sort of staff and resources to help support that if somebody's got depression or anxiety that's not managed you've got to be able to address that and then if someone's living with diabetes um, or heart failure or heart disease or anything else you have to manage that too so it's managing the whole picture holistically um, in order to drive the best outcomes
0: you are so amazing and, and I talk about you a lot um uh, I tell him, I said, I got a doctor that I can call at any given time. Uh, I might have to text you a couple of times, but (laughs) I just know he coming. I know he's going to respond. (laughs) Uh, Because I just believe that I'm different. We all are different, Mm. but I just say that you my favorite doctor, and I'm probably your favorite (laughs) patient. (laughs) That's what I tell him. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, even trying to maintain and manage diabetes, Uh, people don't know that they are diabetics, uh, sometimes because there, but there are some symptoms that should indicate to you that you are and what would they be?
1: Yeah. So certain symptoms that, that, and you're absolutely right. I should start off by saying that there's a whole host of folks that are living with diabetes that are undiagnosed, that they don't know this is the case. Very similar with high blood pressure. Right. And we sort of tend to call these things the silent killers. Uh, because a lot a, a lot of folks are undiagnosed with these conditions um, until, unfortunately, they've got a bad outcome, like they figure out that they need dialysis or they have a stroke or a heart attack or something like this. But for diabetes, certain signs and symptoms to be on the lookout, be on the lookout for are having excessive thirst. So if you're feeling like you're always thirsty, you always gotta drink water, um, that's one sign. And that's because when you have a lot of sugar in your body Um, and you're uh, you're excreting it through urine and things, uh, you're losing water with that too. Um, So excessive thirst and then also having to go to the bathroom a lot. So urinating a lot as well because that's your body's way of trying to excrete the the sugar. Those are main things. Getting any sort of confusion or dizziness, sweating, things of that nature, uh, can also be a sign. Um, And then pains in the feet and the legs, which the medical term is neuropathy, uh, can be a sign of diabetes because what happens is the sugar can get in into your good point and affects all parts of the body. It can get in and affect the nerves of the feet um, and cause ulcers and cause burning of the feet and other sensation um, uh, and other painful sensations. So,
0: now when people find out that uh, they are diabetics, uh, I was in shell shock for me. Mm. Uh, cause a lot of those symptoms I don't ever remember having growing up uh, I didn't have it in my 20's, I didn't have it in my 30's or my 40's uh, for me mine was I just collapsed in the middle of Walmart mm. uh, and that's when I'm being told that I have diabetes. AIDS, chronic diabetes yeah and they said because I get it in the later years of my life uh, that was really bad um, When 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 people do find out like i had to take a class uh in georgia uh but you're you're sitting here so i need to ask this question because i (laughs) want this in class When we were sitting in the middle of the class um the lady said that uh we were eligible to receive weed uh, because of depression Because it comes automatically Like there is no wait There is no delay Like this depression comes in And this is what Georgia offered us uh, Which was marijuana Marijuana edibles mm-hmm. Like because of and, and they say diabetes it uh, When it comes Depression is automatically attached How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah so I wouldn't say automatically But you know certainly chronic physical conditions like again heart failure hypertension diabetes uh we we certainly see higher rates of depression and mood disorder um but i wouldn't say that you necessarily um are diagnosed with diabetes and in the same breath also diagnosed with a a, a mental health condition or a mood disorder um, or anything like that but uh, the, the two can certainly run together as we talked about before um so it is important um, and again as as primary care providers and things that you know we we think we take uh, one's mental health very very importantly, so uh, making sure that you're doing uh, that we as a medical community are screening folks for depression and anxiety um, and making sure we're asking folks how they feel um, and then for your audience you know very very much so thinking and reflecting on If you think you are experiencing depression or signs and symptoms of depression, um, that you talk to your uh, provider about, for sure. Um, And if you're experiencing thoughts of suicidal ideation and things of that nature, that you talk to uh, um, a clinical professional, for sure. Uh,
0: Because I I just want people to understand, diabetes can cause you to feel those things. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, people just, I just say people sometimes just don't understand because... We live this. I live this every day. So for me, uh my moods can be cool one day and next day, like I just I don't wanna be bothered, but this is not something that I ask for. It just comes with
1: yeah,
0: yeah. diabetes, like and, and it bothers me but when i get to come see you because dr p just say angela how you feeling i just get to tell them how i really feel like i don't have to be uh shame about it uh i can speak verbally uh if i gotta cry i cry because and and everybody is different you know everybody kind of handle um diabetes differently um, because we live differently. Yeah. Now I know for you to be my primary physician, I know you see people all the time. Is um are are there people that you see is so foregone with diabetes that you know we just got to do everything like I'm talking about from the mental illness I'm talking about from eating from exercising do you see those people too?
1: Yeah yeah. so I mean what I'd say to that is we certainly see folks who've been living with diabetes and poorly controlled diabetes for many many years and they have all the the various consequences of that, right? So they may be on dialysis, they may have really bad foot ulcers with infections, they may have had a stroke before, so they may have had all those things and we really need to, in particular around those folks, wrap our arms tight around them and sort of throw the kitchen sink uh, in Mm. order to prevent um, more bad episodes from happening. Um, so we see it. It's it's very sad. And, and again, what I'd tell your audience is that this is why it's so important to make sure that you're being seen by a provider, make sure that you understand that things like diabetes and hypertension and a whole host of other conditions may not have any effects. You may not actually feel bad until something really bad happens. So that's why it's important to make sure that you, you know, you're in with a primary care provider and making sure that that team is doing all the necessary screenings uh, in things to to identify things early uh, and to help things to help stave off if you you know if you achieve a level called pre-diabetes now, uh, we can really help folks avoid going uh, in, in being diagnosed with full-blown diabetes. so that's why it's incredibly important to make sure that you've got a good provider and making sure that that care team is following you over time and that you've got that tight relationship.
0: Now let me ask uh you know since covid has been out yeah. uh i know that i'm always asked every time i come see you angela you want to take the covid shot i'd be like negative no so what do you say to people like me uh or people period uh when when they are being asked about the covid shot is it good for me to take it because i am a diabetic versus uh i just don't want to do it
1: yeah, I mean, what I'd say is that the the, the science and the evidence behind all the uh, the approved um, and authorized COVID vaccines are very very strong. So I, everyone that's eligible for a COVID vaccine, I strongly strongly advise to to get the COVID vaccine. And we know on the topic of diabetes that people living with diabetes actually have a a higher risk of going to the hospitalization or going to the hospital with COVID and dying if they do get COVID. So all the more reason to get vaccinated um, um, against COVID-19, the virus causing COVID-19, if you're a person living with diabetes.
0: Okay, now what about the flu shots? Are, 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 are flu shots good for diabetics?
1: They are as well. So we know that for folks living with diabetes, there's lots of good evidence um, on, on this too for folks living with diabetes and folks with heart disease, that the flu shot has added benefits, um, it looks like, um, in addition to protecting you from the flu. Um, so uh, it's something else, another intervention that I strongly recommend each season um, for again, everybody that's eligible, particularly folks um, living with diabetes and other uh, chronic conditions.
0: So let's. Uh, I want all of my viewers to know again. This is Dr. Michael Puku. This is my primary. Uh, Oak Street Health is one of the best in the country. They in 22 states, and eventually we're going to be in all 50 states. So we'll be like Walmart. We on every other corner. <laughs> that's that's the goal. So even with that. Um how can people how do people come find you? Uh I'm talking about because I talk about you so much, yeah, uh they might just want to see you. So how do people get to do that?
1: Yeah, so you can look us up online, you can give us a call, um, uh find an Oak Street in your area and and we will be happy to chat. Crandon couldn't be here today, um, but he is somebody who uh, which we have a whole team at all our, our, our different Oak Street centers that talk with, pa- talk with patients, help patients get in, help patients understand and navigate their insurance um, in order to be able to see us if you're um, a patient with Medicare insurance.
0: Wow. Um, so with that being said, is there anybody you want to give any shouts out to?
1: Um, you know, shout out to the entire Oak Street team across the country. I think people are doing tremendous, tremendous work. Um, shout out to, you know, healthcare providers and healthcare workers in general as to, you know, we're in year three of the pandemic and people are working extremely hard. Um, and I think this, um, particularly the topic of um, thinking and reflecting on uh, diabetes and in, in, in people living with diabetes, um, this is a condition that we're just getting so many advances, um, uh, new advances on, that I'm very, very excited um, for everything that's coming out on diabetes and the ability to really, um, hopefully, um, you know, knock diabetes on its head, um, uh, in the years moving forward.
0: That point. Well, it's official, you guys. You heard it here first. One of the best doctors in the whole country. You can find him right here because he's always, and I'm always there. So Dr. Puku is one of the best physicians in the whole DFW, literally. So give Oak Street a try. You might already have a provider. That's fine. We want you to be where we are around the country, across the country. You heard it here first with your girl, Ms. Angie, all the way from Fishbowl Studio Radio. And again, Oak Street Health, you will see them on August the 27th. They will be with me at the uh, hashtag Diabetes Squad walk. Um Come by, get all the information. And they do All the best gift bags out of everybody. (laughs) They are amazing. So from my city to y'all's peace and plenty love.